Hi there, Catsuit. Hi there, Nookie. Wait, I wasn't expecting you right now. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to stop by and tell everyone about our event coming up Valentine's weekend. You mean the three-day education and social event focusing in on dating and relationships for kinky folks called the Kinky Dating Something Something and Love Blah 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 event? We've got great speakers lined up, including me. Yeah, also Lexi Silver, Zach Budd, Unruly Nerd Girl, and I'll even be presenting a four-hour workshop. Don't worry, it's in two parts about how to defuckify your dating and create a profile and a life that weeds out what you don't want and attracts what you do. Registration is open now. And the first 500 people get in free, so don't hesitate. Get registered at datingkinky.com slash dating dash love dash event. It's a great opportunity to learn from the people you love about the people you hope to love. I know it's on my Valentine's Day calendar. Chocolates are optional. The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun conversation about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy. With questions asked by a guy. And now, here is your host. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want a look into the beginning of traditional and non-traditional relationships from first impression to the messaging that finally wins people over. I'm John, known around some parts as Hi There Catsuit, and on this episode, we kick off Diversity December, a month of shows dedicated to voices underrepresented in our community with an amazingly powerful woman. Casey Carter is an erotic author, on-air personality, and fetish lifestyle expert. Her knowledge and expertise have made her an industry force whose influence has both educated and motivated publishing professionals, entertainment leaders, and the general mainstream. Whether in the classroom, out in the field at various nationwide events, or in the boardroom, or the bedroom, Casey Carter focuses her professional endeavors on the benefits of effective communication, intimacy, and sexual awareness. And now, the Casey Carter Experience. It's the first five. Casey, we start every show with the first five. Five questions about firsts. And the first question I will ask you in the first five is, describe the first time you ever intimidated a man by your sheer appearance. Wow. Um, let's see. God, it would have to probably be like middle school. And mainly because I was the tallest, one of the tallest. There was a girl taller than me, but you know, in elementary and middle school, you line up single file by height. 
and I was the second tallest girl. So that all by itself would make the boys kind of dip their heads down and lower their eyes. Yeah, that's that would probably be my memory of, of acknowledging my physical presence, changing someone's perception. First time you knew you were a little different. So would be elementary school around fourth grade, maybe even more fifth grade, but somewhere in there, um, I realized that I was like an academic overachiever. I was playing instruments. I was um, in dance class, gymnastics class. I was a Girl Scout. And my friends just played in the street all the time. Like, cause I lived in New York. And so kids play in the street in New York. And I always had not like an activity. I always had multiple activities and I was always in like the first or second position within that activity. That's probably where I first realized, oh wait, everybody, everybody's not like that? <laughs> so, yeah. First time that you received a message from a man or woman that surprised you to the point where you said, I have to respond to this one. Oh, I can tell you, I remember it was like, like it was yesterday. It was, uh, fourth grade, fourth grade, kid behind me by the name of Vinny Torres <laughs> um, handed me a note and said, because we were, we were studying history at the time and we were talking about the Rocky Mountains mm -hmm. and he handed me a note that said something to the effect of, you know, I like your Rocky Mountains. <laughs> and I like whipped right around and <laughs> was all in his face. And ironically, we also rode the school bus together. So he got a tongue lashing in class. He got it on the bus that afternoon. He got it on the bus the next day. And at somewhere after maybe the second or third day of me just giving it to him, he wasn't on the bus for a while. <laughs> I think his mom drove him to school for a while. So yeah, fourth grade, Vinny Torres, he got the rap. I am genuinely hoping that the next answer will not have anything to do with elementary or middle school. <laughs> well, well, you asked for first. The first time you ever received a dick pic and your reaction to it. Okay, this may seem strange, but my first, my first dick pic was probably... I was uh, almost 40, almost 40. Um, and my reaction was not very pleasant because it was a picture of his dick at the opening of another woman's oh. mouth. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> not only is it a dick pic that I didn't ask for, but it's about to go into some other woman's mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. First time you ever had to block someone from your social media? I can't think of exactly when. Might have been, let's say, 2016, 2017, and it would have been Twitter because I did most of my initial social media work on Twitter. So it would have probably been 2016, 2017, Twitter. Two people getting to know each other. 
just like we did in high school. Here is Seven Minutes in Heaven. I jokingly call the next part of this show Seven Minutes in Heaven because it's my way of getting to know you and the audience's way of getting to know you a little bit better. What are the things that make Casey Carter happy? Okay. So first of all, I love shoes. (laughs) I love sexy high heels. I love toe pumps with ankle straps. Oh, I could just sit there and stare at my own feet and legs for days. Like that just, that just brings me joy. Absolute utter joy. What are the kind of things that make you feel powerful? <laughs> um, I, I, honestly, just just the um, reaction of me walking in a room. I typically won't acknowledge it, but it's been a constant for so long in my life that it just seems normal. But I do sort of, I guess because I'm an exhibitionist, Mm -hmm. right? So I do sort of like catching people's reaction to me out of my peripheral and pretending like I don't see them, but I see you, (laughs) I see you. When you're not being the awesome person that you are out at events or writing a book or just, maybe being in a one-on-one situation, what are the kind of things that you do? So I have a, a, a writer friend here in Atlanta and one of our favorite things to do is um, there's a, a restaurant here that we go to. She likes tequila, I like fresh, fresh Mexican food. So we go to this place and we sit for hours um, talking about writing, we talk about, um, you know, our personal kink experiences, um, and we just kind of sink deeper and deeper into those conversations with each cocktail. <laughs> so, like that—that that is, yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do with someone else. The my other favorite thing, uh, solo, aside from, you know. Mm-hmm. aside from that uh, my favorite solo thing is is um cigar smoking mm-hmm. like that is what i do when i'm by myself no makeup in my you know granted a lot of my most of my pics are me in makeup and and all of that but in those quiet times when it's no makeup and my sweats i you know i mean that brings me a whole lot of joy what's the best way to Casey Carter's heart? Shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Shoes and cigar. (laughs) Um, You know what? Just um, honesty, being transparent, being genuine. Uh, I love, as much as I love seeing um, a bottom or a submissive have that natural reaction to me in public, I also love hearing what it is they they enjoy about being a, a bottom or being a submissive and it it you know it it it's this connection it's like a little dance um of getting to know them and in that same exchange 
feeling why my presence is of importance to them. What's the difference between kinky Casey Carter and vanilla Casey Carter? <laughs> um, vanilla Casey Carter. Uh, or is there one? You know, nowadays, no. Nowadays, no. And, and, and I, I hesitate because, you know, thinking about when I'm in my day job, that's probably where I have it dialed down, but it's not turned off. Um, but even, you know, when I'm with my mom and her girlfriends and they all know, well, most of them know what I do. You know, I'll get suggestions for articles. I'll get suggestions for stories. I'll hear why this one doesn't wear panties and why this one doesn't wear a bra. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm at this place where I'm always, I seem to always be in Casey mode. I mean, I legit family members, we could be talking about anything else and all of a sudden a family member will slip in. Remember that time you suggested I should blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> uh-huh. They're like, yeah, I did that. And it worked fantastic. And I'm like, okay, where are we? Where, all right, whatever. Yes, <laughs> two thumbs up, right? So I think it's always there. It's just how loud is the volume? Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. What is your fantasy? Do you have a secret? We all have sexual fantasies or secrets. That's what my show is all about. My name is Nikki, and I'm the host of In Bed with Nikki. In this show, it's all about sex and the fantasies that people have. Reading from my emails directly and anonymously sent to me, together we will explore the experiences of everyday people, just like yourself. Often, this is the very first time they've told anyone else about them. You can find In Bed with Nikki on Podchaser, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and anywhere else you find your other favorite podcasts. And remember, for every problem, there is a solution, and I happen to call it an orgasm. And until next time, Enjoy. You know you've gotten those messages you just have to talk about. So now we will. It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Casey, I am sure that you get a lot of messages, a lot of DMs, a lot of things on Instagram. If you can, give us a picture of what that looks like right now. Okay, so here's the deal. I don't know why I am so fortunate and blessed, but it my biggest problem isn't as much the messages, the pictures, it's the video calling. That's what I get a lot of, a lot. And I'm like, literally, I'm like, seriously, 
you, you're trying to video chat me, really? That I get more of that than anything else. And, and you know, I, I, I often laugh because I see so many of my girlfriends complain about the dick pics or the unsolicited requests and comments. And oftentimes when I get those unsolicited, um, you know, can I, I need a video, I want a video, I want a picture, I want a whatever, and I want to serve you. And I give the requirements just to be able to, to, to approach me, I get crickets, like they don't linger any longer. So it's not as bad as most people, I guess. But the one thing I wish that would stop is people trying to video chat me. That, that drives me insane. It's like going up to somebody at a restaurant and saying, I'm going to sit down with you. <laughs> right. Like, so that's my biggest complaint about the DMs is my folks just trying to slide up in my DM. It's them trying to slide up into the screen on my <laughs> phone. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's the first time I have heard that. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why I say I think I'm fortunate. I don't get the other stuff, but that I probably get that as much as other people get other things. Other than the video chats, what are some of the things that the guys just don't get? And it could be women too, but what is it that people just don't get when it comes to approaching somebody and approaching you? Um, I, I don't think they get that there's protocol or procedure. Um, I think for a lot of the guys, especially, they're used to, uh, and this is what's ironic, this, the, you know, they approach you as a submissive or a bottom, and they approach you making demands. And, you know, some of them I don't entertain at all, they get crickets from me. Others, if they're not so severe, I will explain to them that, um, you know, where's the tribute? You come with tribute. You don't just make requests and demands without tribute. And then they disappear. Um, or, you know, how much to get you to do X, Y, and Z. Um, I always get requests for things I don't do. Mm. And that always fascinates me because it tells me right away, you're out here fishing. You're you're looking for someone to bite the bait. If you a if you didn't already drop some some coins in the bucket, we're not talking. And once I tell you to drop coins in the bucket, and you haven't, we're still not talking. So it's it's that it's that misunderstanding of of protocol. And and I think I don't know if it has more to do with um, the age and say inexperience of some of the dominance that these these people are interacting with that they are so eager to play this game that they will allow anything to come knocking on their door and so i you know i'm not i don't entertain that and i and it's ironically i think because i'm so firm about it i don't get a lot of it it's public knowledge, and I'm only saying this because I don't like talking about women's ages, but I did mm -hmm. see that you did a show called BDSM Over 40. Mm -hmm. I am fortunate enough to be able to see you right now. You do not uh -huh. look like you're over 40. Well, guess what? I'm over 50. 
then I am in total awe of you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, 51. <laughs> I am 51 this year. Mm-hmm. Being of a certain age, and we've had some wonderful people on this show that have been what I will say our age. Mm -hmm. How can you describe how different things are now than they were back when we were, let's say, in college? So I would say my appetite is probably the same as college in terms of like, gimme, 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 gimme. The difference is in college, I didn't have the instructions. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was just out there doing, you know, you know how you get like that kit and you like, who needs the instructions? I'm just gonna, I, I know where these things go. I, I got a picture, I can just put it together, right? Like, so that's what college felt like. Like, uh, what do I need instructions for there? You know, and, and yeah, you know, um, but now at, and I'm gonna say at 40, when I turned 40, I um, had separated from, my children's father and had relocated back to Connecticut. And in that moment, uh, I felt liberated and felt like, okay, I can be completely who I wanna be, completely who I am. And that means I'm doing whatever the, mm, I want to, right? So um, it was a, that part, at that moment, it was a freeing of being able to acknowledge this is who I am and this is what I like. But once my kids were grown and out, it became another thing um, because as they were aging, getting older and on their way out the door, I was slowly introducing them to who Casey is and what Casey does. And so, um, being able to be transparent to my kids is I think like the last step in being fully 100% who I am. So now at this moment in time, I'm like, you know, I feel like, you know, like that person that, that comes out of the closet, mm -hmm. so to speak, even though the closet door was wide open and the lights were on and it was a big old walk-in closet, come on in my closet. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't have to hold any parts of it back or edit it or anything you know like when i was doing my casey at night show i had to, they were like there's an extra bedroom and it shared a wall with my son's bedroom and so i would tell him okay i'm gonna need you to go watch tv while i do my show and he knew full well what i was talking mm -hmm. about and that i wasn't moving him out because he made noise it was more because i you know this is what i'm talking about every week <laughs> and i'm gonna need you to <laughs> go in there while I do this. Um, and so it's, it's, that was like the last phase of having to watch who I was and what I was doing. So once that happened, oh man, it was like full steam ahead. Every, uh, every, you know, come on in, doors open, doors of a church are open, like as they say, you know? So, yeah. As we look back through the years, Casey, have people lost the ability to communicate in some way because of the fact that the texted word seems to be the communication of choice? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think 140 characters has made a lot of us really stupid. Now, granted, you can do more than 140 characters now, 
but when we were limited to 140, 120, whatever that was, um, we started abbreviating in ways that didn't make sense. Um, and you weren't getting the full depth of emotion and feeling, you know, because I have nothing against a written message, whether it's, you know, an email, a test message or what have you. But when we were limited in character and we conformed to that, it, it transferred from our phones into our emails, into our messages, into our communication as a whole. And I don't think we've ever fully recovered from that. So um, once I was able to type more than 140 characters, I stopped abbreviating. Like I never full on abbreviated. Mm -hmm. I just chose my words very carefully, but I stopped abbreviating. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And especially if it's not a traditional abbreviation, right? Like there are some things that we already know have a widely accepted abbreviation. Um, and so I think it's, it's killed us in our communication. Um, I also think that because, and I watch my kids do it, my daughter, FaceTimes the hell out of me. And I am not a big FaceTime person, which is ironic because I like doing this, mm -hmm. but I'm not a big FaceTime person. And so I have, I've started doing it more for her because she's, she's out of, out of the um, state right now. But what I found interesting about it is watching her do it with her, like she will be on FaceTime with me on, on one device and be communicating with someone else on another device simultaneously. And so it's not, the way it's used, it's not even so that I can engage with you, it's so that I can just multitask mm -hmm. being engaged with people. So it's like, okay, wait, hold on. So blah, 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh no, wait. So it's still, even in video chatting, we're still not, really engaging mm -hmm. one another. And, and that I think is so detrimental to relationships. Like I am so obsessed with intimacy and the fact that intimacy is not this physical connection. It's a, an emotional connection. It's me and you sitting here chatting and the more you get to know mm -hmm. me, the more you have these feelings about me um, that, that you know, can make me more attractive to you because it's like, oh my God, I love shit. She loves peanut butter and jelly. And oh, I got, I grew up on peanut butter and jelly. We've got this connection, right? So it's, it's, it's when we're not paying attention to one another, when I'm, when you and I are not looking at each other and I'm talking over here to this one and it just really limits our ability to connect with people. Therefore, I don't ever get to know anyone for real. You know, so it's, I know that was a long answer, but I, I feel so passionate about that. And I do too. I will go back to the days of my two hour phone calls with people that I liked. Right. The sheer ability to hear the voice, hear the emotion. So that will lead me into the next thing I want to talk about, which is when people approach you in person. <laughs> obviously there's a little bit of intimidation because of your character but how is it that a person can 
effectively communicate with you face to face? What is it they need to do? What is it they need to have to be able to connect with you and make you want to actually have a connection with them? You know, it's so weird because because I'm always so in Casey mode, a, a lot of engagements, in, a lot of encounters with people are is first us doing that dance of dominance, submission, um, and, and, you know, the way animals sort of mm -hmm. sniff each other out, you know? Um, so I find that that happens a lot. Like even in, in vanilla moments, I find myself doing it. I find myself testing people to see where they're at. Um, so I think once I get past that little preliminary interlude, that little, that little <laughs> dance, um, usually I enjoy listening to people talk about themselves. Hmm. Um, and, and I don't mean in an arrogant, I, you know, I'm an attorney and I've got famous clients, like not like that type of thing, but listening to people tell stories about, um, feeling inspired, like, uh, big one that I get at a lot of conventions is a woman will come up to me very excited to see me and will say, oh my God. I, you know, I want to wear corsets too. I love your tutus. I think you're so strong. I want to be like you. And, and instead of it, you know, me making the conversation about, well, what is it about me? It's what, how do you see yourself? What would you like to be? Who do you think you are? And like, that's where I think I really have a lot of fun with people is when I can turn the conversation around and make it more about them because then you see them that, you know, their, their eyes are already big because it's like, Oh my God, Casey Carter's talking to me. But then it's like, wait, did she just ask me about me? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and that always brings the best conversation is when I can turn the conversation around and have it not be focused on me, but be focused on that person and then genuinely be interested in what they have to say. Listening is such a lost art. <laughs> it has become a lost art. And I may sound a little uppity when I say that, but one of the things that I take great pride in in my interviews is I don't have any pieces of paper in front of me. I don't have any mounds of research. What I want to do is get to know you and talk to you and hear your opinions just by listening to what you have to say. Larry King used to say, tell me what the guest, who the guest is and why they're here. That's all he ever wanted to know. So okay. that's why I find these kinds of interviews so much fun and really appreciated the fact that you said just what you said, that it's so much about not what I want, but it's what I want to know about you. And you still are able to have this beautiful conversation. That's a beautiful thing to me. <laughs> I grew up in Washington, DC in the 60s and 70s. Okay. I saw many things that disturbed me growing up. I can only imagine what your life has been like. And after this past summer, I can only imagine 
how you either feel more heard now or you suddenly realize there are people around you that want to hear your voice and want to be educated by you and want to know about your experience. Tell me a little bit about what this summer meant to you. 2020 as a whole has been, um, I don't know, it's been, it's, it's been a very unique experience, not as much for the um, explosion of the Black Lives Matter um, as it has been just finding myself willing to accept opportunity. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, African-Americans are always trying to say, um, either create space for themselves or, or insert themselves mm -hmm. in, a, in, in a space where we don't exist. I grew up in a situation where the majority of my life, I was the only African-American in my classroom, mm. in my entire class. So all four years of high school, I was like the only African-American. I graduated from, from, school, from high school as the only African-American in the class. I think there was one other brown person and she was Indian, mm. you know? Um, and so I've grown accustomed to being the only one so much so that I've always found a way of inserting myself into those places. And, and I'm not gonna say hiding out because I was never hiding out, but making my presence known without um, say being pushed mm -hmm. out or what have you. So what I, what I found in this year for me is that I felt, I felt more opportunity, yes, but I also felt that I owed it to the to the opportunity to accept it. And I see a lot of um, a lot of other people have not been as accepting of the opportunities because they're still feeling like they're they're angry, they're hurt, they're mad, they're um, suspicious of the opportunity. Um, you know, and I, I just felt like if it's there, I'm going to take it under whatever the circumstances are, whatever the, the, the conditions are, if I don't have to compromise Casey, I'm going to take it because I need to be seen. Like to your point about the voices that need to be heard and seen. And, and, and so that was my attitude about it is I'm walking into every door that opens itself, whether it's flung wide open or whether it's just cracked mm -hmm. and I can push my way through, I'm taking every single opportunity um, because at the, my, my goals for Casey are, are bigger than say being on the, you know, New York times bestsellers list. Like I have no intention. I like, I didn't start writing as that's my goal. My goal was to produce you know, TV and film and to produce um, content that is representative of the kink community, right? Like, so 
we don't get that chance. And I think uh, technology-wise, media-wise, there's more opportunity to do it now than maybe 20, 30 years ago. And I want to be in that space. I want to be an innovator in that space. And if that means I have to do things now that don't look like that thing, but they're along that path, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take every chance. I'm going to accept every invitation. And 2020 has been really huge for me in that respect. Um, so, you know, while, while others may probably be more focused on it from a political perspective, I kind of look at the opportunities in that long-term, how can I make this work for me today, but for everybody tomorrow? You mentioned being the only black person from your graduating class. Mm -hmm. In the kink world, does it ever feel like that as well? Okay, so remember when you asked me about Atlanta? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the one thing I learned about living in Atlanta that I didn't realize was a thing was how large the African-American kink community is. Interesting. I hear Interesting. all the time that folks are looking for African-American educators. They're scouring the universe. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Throw a rock in Atlanta. You're going to knock five of them down. Like, we all hang out together. How are you having a hard time finding someone? And I had to be told because Atlanta is an anomaly. Mm -hmm. It's not like that out in the rest of the world. They're far and few between. They're hiding under rocks. They're sheltering in caves. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the biggest blessing in what I do about being in Atlanta is the King community is large. We all know each other. We all hang out together. Um, we all support each other in one way or another. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked earlier about the kid who surprised you. And most of the times when I ask that question, it will come up in a way where somebody was surprised in a good way. That wasn't such a good way that you were talking about. What is a way that you have been surprised in an initial contact, a first impression, or a first message from a man or anyone that has made you go, wow, I want to have some sort of connection with this person? I'm going to use this one because it's right, right on the tip of my tongue. So I'm doing an, an um, releasing an article and an interview with a gentleman by the name of Seku. And Master Seku and I met via social media. He was doing a, um, a monthly call for the kink community, you know, like-minded people, safe space, let's talk about it. And he saw me on, on Facebook and friended me on Facebook, but I don't like Facebook. So, you know, you could have friended me three months ago and think I rejected you. Nah, I just don't like it. I don't, <laughs> I don't really, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that I can push posts from t Instagram to Facebook, right? So he saw me on Instagram and reached out to me and was like, hey, I friended you and, you know, I wanted to talk to you. I wanted, I wanted to invite you to our call. 
And what he said was, and he still says it to this day, and this was a couple of years ago. What he said was, is that, you know, you have a voice that needs to be heard. And I want to help make sure people hear your voice. I want people to support what you do. I like what you do. He, you know, he even talks about the fact that before he even reached out to me, he had me vetted. He's out in Denver. I'm here in Atlanta. He reached out to his Atlanta connections and was like, hey, is Casey Carter a real person? Mm. Um, and it's funny because I've heard that multiple times and I'm like, I don't understand it. And he says, well, you know, you post great pictures, but are you a real mm-hmm. person? Can someone vouch for the fact that the person in the picture is actually you? And I was like, oh, okay. All right, I get it now. I get it, I get it. So so yeah, he called his connections here in Atlantis. This is a real person. What can you tell me about her? And and you know, he he reached out to two, three people he said he highly trusted. And they gave me glowing reviews, th- you know, thumbs up, great, 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 go ahead. And um, he invited me to be on his show. I think it was at like two times. I promoted a um, toy, the adult toy that I was, uh, you know, brand ambassador for. His people were ordering the toy. They were doing their own demos and whatnot with the toy. Um, And so when I had my holiday fetish ball last year, I um, had a cigar tent. Mm -hmm. And I know he's huge in in the cigar culture. And so I wanted him to come and do a demo in my cigar tent. And, you know, each time we've talked, I get a little bit more like, this isn't someone who is um, trying to gain anything from Casey. He's legit, like, I wanna elevate your platform. And in doing so, I just wanna, you know, I wanna be there. I wanna do what you're doing. I wanna be a part of, I wanna do things with you. And like, I feel the sincerity in that. Um, you know, I've never felt like there was a, I never felt like I was being pimped out, mm-hmm. right? Like I never felt like, ooh, Casey's this and let me go, you know, Casey goes over here and Casey's doing that. And I wanna, I just wanna be Casey's friend and so I can meet Casey's friends. And, um, you know, and so in when I did the interview with him recently, it was great because you know we were having this conversation in more depth about how he really wanted to connect with me and support what i was doing and and so yeah that i think is probably probably the interaction that i recently found um really genuine and and so totally aligned to who I am as a person, you know? I mean, if you said to me, hey, I'm working on this project, Casey, can you, you know, can you help me? Can you do this? Can you participate that way? You know, it, I would support you based on how it, important it was to you, as opposed to what can I, Casey, get out of working on John's project? Because, you know, the way I was brought up, I would be blessed for having supported you. So I can wait for what's due for having been genuine in my help and support of what you're doing. It's just the idea of, wow, he really believes in this and this looks like it's gonna be a great thing and I'd love to see him make this happen. You know, So 
that's I think what really what really stood out to me about this. That is absolutely an awesome story, and I appreciate the nice <laughs> words that you just had there. As we come to the end of this particular segment, can you give us Casey's top tips on the right way to approach someone? Wow. Um, the right way to approach someone. You know, I think I think flattery is always a nice thing, but I also think it's got to be something that's sincere. You know, we we all like to hear nice things about us. You know, we all like to, um, you know, be complimented, right? Where I think that the problem is, is we're still using pickup lines. You know, we're still saying the dumb things. And that's where the, con you know, the, the interaction immediately goes downhill, you know? Um, so I, some of the things that I like is if you're out in public or honestly, some of the things I've done out in public, hey, what are you smoking? Or what do you think I should, what do you think I should get? This is what I normally get. Like, what do you think I should get? You know, especially because guys, you work ego with guys, right? So what do you think I should get? Um, and, you know, in exchange guys to, to, the, to women, we like flattery, you know, but we don't like it to where it's insincere. Mm -hmm. You know, I would rather you say, um, compliment my shoes, right? No. Um, <laughs> I would immediately compliment the cat suit that you were wearing in one of your pictures because that's my thing. See, there you go. And, 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 and now we're off to the races having conversation, right? I mean, because here it is, you, before you've even said anything to me, you've already found that thing to connect to. So it, when you make the comment and if you, you know, when you say, hey, I love that cat suit, I'm kind of a fan of cat suits myself. Here it is. We already have a connection. That's the thing I think is lost is, is, is guys aren't trying to genuinely connect with the person they're talking to. They're trying to be cool and suave and say, nah, man, like you can, you know, you can talk game in the supermarket. Now, granted, I, that's, I'm not gonna say that's new to me, but I didn't think like people really did do that. <laughs> but let me tell you, the local Publix, I had a couple follow me around the Publix and I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not that hard. It's just stop being cheesy about it, you know? Let's take time out to talk about one of my friends, Kitten Flow. She's got a really cool company called Lucky Kitten Colors. It's pet play gear handmade by a kitten. And I actually have some good kitten friends who absolutely would love these kind of collars. She makes collars adorned with colorful chains and bells of all sizes, adjustable ears and lots of fun neon and pastel colors that will stay on even when you're upside down. Harnesses and tails, harnesses to use with your own tail, and fuzzy heart, tummy crop tops. Everything is made to adjust to almost any body type. She'll also take custom orders if you can dream it. Chances are she can make it. 
The shop can be found at etsy.com slash shop slash lucky kitten collars. And you can find her on Instagram at lucky kitten collars. And since we know women and other wonderful humans love to save some money, we're going to do that for you. Use the code WANT20 for a coupon for 20% off your purchase. That's WANT20 for 20% off your order just for being one of our listeners to the show. So check out our store, etsy.com slash shop slash Lucky Kitten Collars. Lucky Kitten Collars, fantastic things for pet play. Take it from someone called Catsuit. <laughs> Casey, you have just relaunched your wonderful project, Casey at Night. I know that you're absolutely excited about that, but what are some of the great things that you have in store for us? I had my feelings hurt because Periscope kicked me off. First of all, they got they kicked me off once. I fought my way back. They kicked me off the second time. The second time, yeah, I messed up on that one. But it was worth it. It was worth it. But I... I I refused to come back if I couldn't control my content, if I couldn't have guests where not just I could see them, but my audience could see them. Um, and, you know, there were some things that had to happen. So I didn't want to just come rushing back for the sake of rushing back. I didn't want to beg Periscope to let me back on. I didn't want to do any of that. And so I started doing a show um, called BoobTube on Exotica TV and spoke to the producer about what he was using software wise, um, because we would, we would like pre-record and then he would air the pre-recorded shows on Periscope and YouTube and all of these other places. And I'm like, I like this. I, I want to know what, what, what is all of this? And so after he gave me a quick education on the software and I tried it out myself, um, I'm like, this is what I needed because it's going to let me have graphics and I can have multiple guests. You can see mm -hmm. my guests. I can have pictures and music. And I'm like, this is what I want. I want it to look like a real show, right? So that's part of why it took me a year to get to this place. Now, having said that, because you can now see my guest, um, I have every intention on flinging my finger up and down and around in my Rolodex. I'm calling everybody um, because I, you know, in some cases I'm gonna combine it with my articles in ASN Lifestyle Magazine and in other cases, it's just going to be another episode of Casey at Night. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I, I've got friends who are sex educators um, that have written books that have had their own Showtime shows. Um, you know, then there's um, friends that I have that are dancers, porn stars, people in the legal business. You know what I'm saying? Like there's all of these people everywhere that I want to talk to because they bring something to the table that somebody in my audience needs. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we don't know that there are people who specialize in adult entertainment in, the, in law. We don't know that. Or that there are those who specialize in 
sex workers um, from a therapist's mm -hmm. perspective. You know, so if I can bring all these people to Casey at night, I can then demystify, I can, um, you know, make people more comfortable with who they are and the fact that you're not a deviant. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's a big, oh God, that is like so super important to me is you, just because you're kinky doesn't mean you're dirty mm -hmm. or, or, um, a deviant should be shamed, should be shunned, should be shoved in the closet somewhere and nobody should ever hear from you. Um, so that's what Casey at Night is going to be. It's gonna be this, um, not just a safe space, but a, a source of information. Um, and I really genuinely look forward to all of the folks I'm gonna, you know, bring as the months go on. Cause the, in these last two months, um, it'll probably be a little easy as I ease my way back in, get my tech, you know, the technology just mm -hmm. right. But come 2021, yeah, it's on and popping, baby. <laughs> it's, it's on and popping. I think you, am, and I'm gonna use the word embrace because I'm going to use that word. You are one that doesn't want to see people who are in kink just accepted. You want to see them mm -hmm. embraced. Mm -hmm. And the difference between yeah. those two words is astronomical. Yes. Yes. It's, it's like galaxies, you know, it's, um, and, and the reason why I think it's important because I think the people, there's a lot of people who point fingers who point them because they don't understand themselves. They're not trying to like figure out John or Casey. They're trying to figure out who they are. And all they know is I've been taught that feeling like this is bad. Um, so I know he does it. And I know he does it, you know, out there where people can see, oh, you know, finger <laughs> shaking and things like that. Um, and so, it's really important to me that people get to liberate themselves mm -hmm. and feel like they can live out loud, um, whether it's 24 seven, whether it's on the weekend, whether it's once a month, whatever the case is, but just feel free to do it and not feel that in order for me to exercise my demon, I've got to get yours too. Tell us all the different ways that we can find you and it, realize that it's only an hour show, but all the different ways we can find you. <laughs> well, believe it or not, I've got three favorites and I stick to my three favorites. My first is my website, which is casey-carter.com. That's, I want you to go there because I just want you to look at my stuff. Just look at my stuff. Um, uh, but, um, Twitter, uh, I own, on, 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 sorry, <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, I am Reed, R-E-A-D, Casey Carter. On Instagram, I am the Casey Carter experience. Um, so again, read Casey Carter on Twitter or the Casey Carter experience on Instagram and my website, of course, Casey-Carter.com. 
Those are the three place, best places. I'm, I'm a lot of places. But if you want to get my immediate attention, choose one of those three. And we'll have some of the other ones in our show notes that people can get a hold of. I have enjoyed the Casey Carter experience, and I hope you have as well. I had a great time. I love doing this, believe it or not. <laughs> it's been an absolute honor and pleasure. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that Casey Carter experience as much as I did. She messaged me after this interview, calling it a unique, deep conversation. It was all her amazing engagement that made this so special, and I'm honored that she joined us. Next week, Diversity December continues with a legendary transgender educator and author, Lee Harrington, in a special show full of realizations, life-changing thought, and knowledge that every wonderful human wants and needs. As always, we hope you liked the show, and if you did, tell a friend. And if you like it, subscribe. We'd even appreciate a rate and review because it actually helps us know how we're doing. And if you want to reach me directly, you can always do so at john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. That's john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. If you have an idea for a future show or you'd like to be a guest yourself, send us an email and we will be more than happy to talk to you. My name is John, or to my friends, hi there, Catsuit. Thanking you for being with us and reminding you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Done Differently.